And welcome back, everyone. Welcome to our 100th episode of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. And I am your host, Chase, and you're listening to Interesting Facts with Chase. Welcome to another Wild Wednesday. A lot of excellent detail today, and what an awesome episode we have today to dive into that we went on on Sunday. So Sunday, we had the Battle of Hogwarts go down. Uh, Severus Snape, you find out you know why he's my one of my favorite characters of all time um because the things he had to go through where he was really working for albus the entire time and there was a plan set in there and he was even helping harry just shows his loyalty and how passionate he was in doing what was right so cheers to severus snape uh, cheers to the fallen we also lost fred on sunday a pretty powerful moment there so we got some awesome interesting facts today especially for the hundredth episode we have here on chasing josh factor fantasy so once again guys thanks for all you do from the beginning that started a year and a half ago back in january with the mcu pilot episode so it really means a lot to us here but today we're going to talk about the lost diadem of ravenclaw going to really get into that we're going to talk about some spells and then we're we're going to also get into our greatest moments with the fallen so far. So we're going to talk about the greatest uh, achievements and moments of Snape, the greatest moments, achievements of Fred, and then of course we can't forget Dobby, uh, one of our favorites. So so our three favorites there. We're not really going to mention Crab, but uh, our three favorites there. So let's go ahead and dive into it. This is Interesting Facts, chapters 29 through 33, our 100th episode of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. So the Lost Diadem of Ravenclaw. So it was founded in the late 10th century. Its ability is it enhances a person's wisdom. A Horcrux vi- victim of the Lost Diadem of Ravenclaw was a citizen of Albania. Etched upon the surface of the diadem, it says, wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. The diadem has a blue sapphire that is shaped like an oval in the very center. Rowena Ravenclaw died shortly after her daughter Helena Ravenclaw stole the diadem. So the Grey Lady, that is Helena Ravenclaw, who is the daughter of Rowena Ravenclaw, Helena envied Rowena, so she stole the diadem to become wiser. To see her daughter one last time, Rowena Ravenclaw, before her deathbed, sent the bloody baron that was in love with Helena Ravenclaw to find her. In Albania, Helena hid the diadem. This is actually the same area where Lord Voldemort was in hiding during his exile after the first wizarding war. Helena did refuse to return with the bloody baron and he stabbed her. Horrified by his act, the bloody baron did commit suicide by stabbing himself as well. The diadem was said to be lost at this point, so it became the lost diadem. Years later, Tom Riddle managed to persuade the Grey Lady to find its location, and he retrieved it from Albania. After Riddle found the diadem, he transformed it into a horcrux by killing an Albanian citizen, and then chose to hide it in the room of requirement the night he returned to Hogwarts to request to be the new professor of defense against the dark arts. The diadem 
him was noticed by Harry Potter in his sixth year and described as a discolored old tiara in which in 1998 Harry, Ron, and Hermione did track down the diadem with the information from the Grey Lady and retrieved it and the diadem was destroyed when Crab conjured Fiendfire and failed to control it upon its retrieval. So Pierre Totem Locomotor. What that is is remember Professor McGonagall this is talked about on page 602 at the bottom of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So that was that spell she used to bring all the suits of armor to life uh, so that they would protect the school. And it says, and all along the corridor, the statues and suits of armors jumped down from their plinths from the floors above and below. Harry knew that their fellows throughout the castle had done the same. And that's on page 602 at the bottom of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So Pierre Totum Locomotor is how it's pronounced. And that's a charm. And you point the wand at the target when animating an individual target. Hold the wand aloft or wave it when animating multiple objects. No color is emitted from the spell. It's used to bring life to artifacts that have previously been animated or unmoving. The target's movements could be controlled by the caster of the charm. Known practitioners are Minerva McGonagall, Molly Weasley, Albus Dumbledore, Severus Snape, Phileas Flitwick, Peter Pettigrew, and Quirinius Quirrell. The most known ones are Minerva McGonagall. She used it to enchant the chessboard, actually, that was protecting the Sorcerer's Stone, also known as the Philosopher's Stone, that Ron, Harry, and Hermione set foot on in year one. And the suits of armor also were enchanted by her to defend the school of Hogwarts during the Battle of Hogwarts. Molly Weasley used it to bewitch a dustpan and potatoes at the burrow in 1994. Albus Dumbledore used it very famously at the Ministry Atrium to animate the Fountain of Brethren during the duel of the Ministry with Voldemort. Severus Snape he used it to animate the suit of armor against McGonagall in Deathly Hallows uh, when she sent the knives at him. And Phileas Flitwick, uh, during that same duel between Snape and McGonagall, Phileas Flitwick used the spell to also animate another suit of armor. And this was the one Snape was hiding behind. Peter Pettigrew and Quirius Quirrell also used the spell. But... The etymology of this spell, the incantation may derive from French lineage, which is breeze or meaning stone, Latin pie meaning dutifully or affectionately, and Latin totem, which means everything or the whole or they all, Latin loco meaning position or place, and the Latin modo meaning moves or moving. And the reason I bring that up is because we're gonna talk about that today with etymology in creating spells because that was actually one of Severus Snape's greatest accomplishment. So the Gryffindor Tower, Ravenclaw Tower, and Astronomy Tower, these are the three tallest towers at Hogwarts. Remember, this is where people were positioned during the Battle of Hogwarts to make sure they had the upper hand. The tallest of these towers is the Astronomy Tower, of course, the one that Dumbledore was shot off by from the Advada Kedavra spell 
by Severus Snape. Descendo is mentioned on page 629 in the middle, and it says, With a whip-like movement, Crab pointed his wand at the 50-foot mountain of old furniture, of broken trunks of old books and robes, and unidentifiable junk, and shouted, Descendo! So just a review on Descendo, what that charm is, your hand movement is whip-like and it emits blue light and lowers the target. It makes objects move or fall down. So just bringing objects down. Uh, so on page 643 at the bottom, the group was debating who is going to the Shrieking Shack. And this is when Hermione shouts, Glaceo. So it says two masked Death Eaters stood there, but even before their wands were fully raised, Hermione shouted, Glaceo! And Glaceo is a charm that turns stairs into a slide. The spell has been used since the Middle Ages. The spell was used by Hogwarts founders to enchant the stairs of girls' dormitories to turn into slides when any boy attempted to enter because they believed that girls were to be more trustworthy than boys. Uh, known practitioners were Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Salazar Slytherin, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Hermione Granger. Duro, that's another spell Hermione casted. That's on page 643 all the way to page 644. So it says, Duro, cried Hermione, pointing her wand at the tapestry, and there were two loud, sickening crunches as the tapestry turned to stone and the Death Eaters pursuing them crumpled against it. Duro, aka the Hardening Spell, is a type of stunning spell, and it temporarily petrifies victims into stone. The counter spell is Finite Incantatum. The spell color is blue. The victim will be unable to move or cast, but they will still be able to speak and will still be able to hold a wand. It is frequently used as a short offensive spell. Finite Incantatum, just a, another review on that one. That's just a general counter spell. We spoke about it here before on Interesting Facts. Patronuses. So I figured for our 100th episode, we'd talk about Patronuses today because also in Deathly Hallows, it does mention uh, the Patronuses of Ron, Hermione, Luna, Ernie, Seamus, and of course, Harry Potter. Uh, so Ron, his Patronus is a terrier. So people with terrier Patronuses, people with this Patronus have a loving heart and a loyal soul. It is common that people with this Patronus can get hurt from mistreatment of strong ties. Those with Patronus love to communicate and often attempt to attract positive attention. Hermione has an Otter Patronus. So if you have an Otter Patronus, you're bright, adventurous, and fun, always looking for something to do or something to think about. You want to learn and explore. People with this Patronus are people-oriented and can become lonely or jealous easily. If you have an Otter Patronus, it is likely you have a good problem-solving skills and a depth of knowledge across several subjects. So usually people with Otter Patronuses are very smart. Luna had a Hair Patronus. People with hair patronuses, these are formed for those who tend to be shy and somewhat skittish. They are very to themselves and are known for being quiet and reserved. Witches and wizards with this patronus are usually pushed to the breaking point, can handle themselves very well. They have quick wit and knowledge and are usually good duelists. However, they usually prefer avoiding conflict. A witch or wizard that casts a hair patronus is usually unaware of their own power. They often need 
time for friendship to form. They are often incredibly kind, will put others before themselves, and usually these witches or wizards are known to close themselves off sometimes and can be fined reading deep into books and have slight obsessions. Usually those individuals are multi-talented and tend to surprise others because there is so much to learn about them because of their wide range of interests. So Ernie had a boar Patronus. So boar Patronuses are usually independent, athletic, strong, or powerful people that have these. However, they tend to avoid conflict when necessary. Seamus had a fox Patronus. So those with fox Patronuses are often more reserved but do have the social capability to speak to almost anyone. They are strongly ambidextrous and observant of behavior of others, and they are often usually skilled in persuasion. The most common house for the Fox Patronus is Slytherin. The most common signs are Libra and Gemini, and many skilled with the gift of persuasion can conjure a Fox Patronus because it is perceived as a brilliant charismatic trickster creature. Harry Potter stag patronus. Most that conjure stag patronuses are protectors of people. They also are well-known leaders and look out for others. Uh, Snape, so his doe patronus, we talked about it a little bit on the interesting facts last week. Those that conjure doe patronuses are fiercely protective and loving. This patronus is conjured through only love caring, nurturing nature. Some other rare Patronuses, just to mention, are the mouse. Uh, so it's one of the most powerful recorded Patronuses. That's Ilias's Patronus. Owls are very rare. So are Thestrals and, of course, the Phoenix. Owl Patronuses reflect people with protective, uh, fearless personalities. Thestral Patronuses, those with Thestral Patronuses are gentle of heart and are kind to those around them. Those with this Patronus have an understanding of nature and often make others feel that they are on the same wavelength. Phoenix Patronuses, the only known person that has a Phoenix Patronus is Albus Dumbledore. The rest is unknown about Phoenix Patronuses. Dragon Patronuses, so Dragon Patronuses are unusual. People with Dragon Patronuses have an inner element. The element can vary, but quite often is fire. There is a strong passion and ambition in, in these people in fury like no other. That does not mean that they are angry. However, they do have a tendency to be temperamental, but merely they have a drive that fuels them throughout their whole self. They can be impulsive, but lucky. This is combined with good instinct and reaction, so they don't find themselves regretting their choices very often. They tend to encase within their self, and in that way can seem very cold and blunt, but the most common house for a dragon Patronus is Slytherin, and the most common signs are Scorpio and Capricorn. Uh, so mine, I figured I'd tell you mine this week, and then next week, uh, because next week will be our last Interesting Facts episode ever, until uh, we bring that back later on, hopefully, but uh, for season one of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy, next week will be our last episode of Interesting Facts with Chase. Uh, so I'm going to tell you my Patronus this week, and then next week we'll tell you Josh's Patronus, and we'll also tell you J.K. Rowling's Patronus, which will be really cool. But so mine is a grass snake Patronus. I mentioned it before, but a grass snake Patronus 
means you find comfort in escape. This fits with comfortably with Slytherin's love of self-preservation, but even with this, you are notably less likely to start a fight than many of your housemates. You are sensitive and flexible and will work hard to avoid direct confrontation. So uh, a lot of people don't know this about me. I was originally in the Ravenclaw house and then I retook the Pottermore test like five years later because I lost my password and actually got sorted into Gryffindor. So my original Patronus actually in the Ravenclaw house was a dove. Then it changed to a grass snake. So, and along with my house changed from Ravenclaw to Gryffindor. So Josh always jokes with me too, uh, because it's a grass snake that I'm kind of like Harry. So they couldn't decide one what house to put me in. So maybe a little bit like Hermione, because they thought about putting her in Ravenclaw, but maybe a little bit more of both Harry and Hermione, because I can probably speak fossil tongue because my Patronus is a grass snake and my Harry Potter wand is a snake on the handle. My original Patronus, I figured I'll tell you about this, was a dove. Uh, so people with dove Patronuses, those with dove Patronuses are easygoing and friendly. A dove is a people pleaser or a team player. A dove is loyal, hardworking, but tends to avoid conflict and confrontation. A dove likes to play it safe and doesn't like taking risks. Often, a person with a dub Patronus is go with the flow and has a tender heart and tends to think with emotions. They also tend to be assertive when it comes to needs. So, can make sense why my Patronus turned into a grass snake uh, and I changed to a Gryffindor. Maybe I take a little bit more risks now is why. Uh, so, just funny how things change over the years. Just kind of like Tonks, remember in the books her Patronus did change in the book. So Patronuses can change, change with witches and wizards as well. So now uh, closing out our hundredth episode today for interesting facts with Chase and Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy, our hundredth episode overall. We're going to go over the Fallen's greatest moments of the ones we've lost in Deathly Hollows, the greatest ones that have fallen. So we're going to go over Snape, we're going to go over Fred, and we're going to go over Dobby the house elf, uh, free elf. So Snape's greatest moment. So he was known as a spell creator as well as a potions master. So some of the most greatest spells he's created are my favorite, Sectumsempra. So that's a dark curse that lacerates people like a weapon. Glebia Corpus. So remember we just talked about that. Lifts people up by the ankles. Libra Corpus. Libera Corpus. So it puts them down. Mufliato charm. In a conversation, if you don't want the conversation to be overheard, people can't hear you. He invented the Langlock curse, so that neutralizes the ability to speak to somebody. Volnira Sanator. So remember, that was the healing charm for the curse of Sectum Sempra. Remember, he had to go over that in a song like motion over Malfoy multiple times after Harry Potter hit him with the Sectum Sempra in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. He also did invent the toenail growing hex. So I figured what we'd talk about here. Um, also, uh, like I said, he was an amazing potions master as well, but how spells are created, because uh, we've gotten a lot of questions in regards to that, and that's not exactly clear in the Harry Potter universe is how spells are created. So I'll just kind of give you my theory on it. So spells are created in my opinion, uh, with the proper hand movement and etymology. So 
a lot of the spells at Hogwarts, you'll notice, have been created with Latin words. I think there is a confliction with this with just Latin words. So it's not just Latin words. The reason why it can't be is because you have multiple schools of witchcraft and wizardry all around the world. For instance, Durmstrang or, you know, Bobatins. Or you do have the school in Brazil or a Livermoney that's over in the United States. So they can't all have root words and etymology of Latin words, even though most of Hogwarts it is. What my theory is, is that you would basically mutter the root word incantation in whatever your native language would be that you experiment with, and it would have to go with the hand wand movement that could be conjured by the wizard in the correct way or the witch in the correct way. So for instance, Secnum Sempra, right? Because we're talking about Severus Snape today. So the Latin word Sectum means to cut and Semper means always. So for instance, the spell Secnum Sempra, Snape created this spell and he wanted it to have multiple lacerations for the target. For instance, Secnum Sempra, my theory on that is he was actually creating it to get back at James Potter, Sirius, and Peter Pettigrew, the marauders that were always bullying him, uh, is my opinion on that. Because even in the book, Harry notices it in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and it says four enemies. So, And it was multiple lacerations that happened to Malfoy. So that's where that etymology comes from. It said to cut, and it means means always or ever cutting. So that's why I have multiple lacerations. For instance, Volanera Sanator, in that song-like incantation, the Latin vulnus means wound, and the root words of English are vulnerable, and the sonere means to heal. So translated, that means my wounds be healed. So the point is with that etymology put together, my prediction is with the right etymology and the right incantation that goes well together in the hand movement, wizards and witches would have to experiment with all three until it would work well in order to get a spell creation out of it. Even going back into Sorcerer's Stone, for instance, remember Ron and Seamus Finnegan, they were experimenting with incantations and Phileas Flitwick's class just ones he was teaching them and they would get it wrong sometimes and bad things would happen. And remember Hermione, friends at Swords for Stone, she was like, you're doing it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosar. In the book, she said, you got to put the gar at the end of it. So you had to get this right in order to make sure it went well together so it would work. And Snape was a genius at that. Also, so a little bit about Fred's uh, Fred's greatest moment in inventions, because Fred is another big loss that we took on on Sunday. It was a, a very sad loss. He was a big part of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. He made Weasling Wizards wheezes. <laughs> so I think I actually might have said it right this time. Josh always gets on to me about that. But Fred's greatest inventions, in my opinion. So he made the portable swamp. Remember when they pulled that big 
prank on Umbridge and Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and the swamp was left there for so long. And then also he invented extendable ears that they've used multiple times. Uh, overhear conversations to gain more ground that has really helped the Order of the Phoenix and Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Skeeving snack boxes that we talked about before. Decoy detonators. Remember, you know, he used a lot of those in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix to distract Umbridge while Harry was sneaking into the office. Weasley's wildfire whiz bangs. Uh, those were the fireworks in Order of the Phoenix that caused that big distraction there. And of course, you know, Fred and George, they made the Weasley's Wizard Wheezes joke shop. So that's the biggest one there. So he's definitely a big part. One of my favorites, along with uh, Severus Snape, is Dobby, a free elf. You know, he's not a house elf anymore. He's free ever since Chamber of Secrets. But so his greatest moments here, he wasn't as much of an inventor as everyone knows or a spell creator or anything, but he did have major moments that really helped the group and Harry. So one, uh, remember he warned Harry Potter not to go back to school in, in year two. So really trying to protect Harry there and he didn't even really know him. In year two as well, Dobby stuck up for Harry against Lucius Malfoy at the, at the end of the book. Number three, Dobby told Harry about the gillyweed in year four remember when he was up all night trying to find out how to survive for the second task where he had to go underwater and uh, he woke up and then dobby had the answer for him fourth one dobby helped winky with her drinking problem and then dobby to make sure she didn't get in trouble kept hiding her in the room of requirement so once again sticking up for someone else then dobby also showed harry the room requirement when he needed help and that was in year five. And then Dobby and Creature both spied together for Harry on Malfoy in year five to help Harry again. And then of course the biggest one in my opinion is in this book, just like we talked about two weeks ago, Dobby saves Harry, Ron, and Hermione, Luna, Dean Thomas, and Griphook from Malfoy Manor and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Cheers to the Fallen. We'll have one more moment of silence for them. So the Fallen for the three greatest so far, in my opinion, which are Severus Snape for Fred Weasley for Dobby a Free Elf. And we'll have a moment of silence. Okay, well, guys, thanks again for all you do for us. This is our 100th episode of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy and once again, you are the shields that guard the realms of fantasy, and we are nothing without you. You've been with us on this arc of Harry Potter ever since October, and you've been with us on Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy, the season one ride or die, ever since January a year and a half ago, starting from the MCU to Star Wars to The Witcher to Game of Thrones to Westworld to now. It really means a lot for us you always be in there so guys uh definitely keep leaving us a review we see every review you leave it really means a lot to us subscribe to us cast a spell on that subscribe button <laughs> you can follow us on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean iHeartRadio, pandora amazon music really wherever you get your podcast you can sub to us on youtube hit that notification bell you can follow us on instagram my personal accounts rbrow129 you can follow Jay Nelly at his personal account, jnelly83. You can follow us at our podcast account, which is Official Ridiculous Patronus. You can follow us on Twitter at RP Factor Fantasy. You can follow us 
on Facebook at Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. You can follow us on Pinterest at Ridiculous Patronus. You can follow me on Pinterest at RBRW129. We're on TikTok now. You can follow us at Ridiculous Patronus there. You can follow me on TikTok at Chase013 or Chase Factor Fantasy. Or you can look up Jay Nelly over on TikTok if you want to. So we're on literally every platform for you guys. You can always find us. Shoot us an email. Every single comment, we see all of that. It really means a lot to us. But once again, guys, this is our 100th episode of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. You're listening to Interesting Facts with Chase. I am your host, Chase. This has been a ridiculous production. Signing off. (laughs) 